Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now back to the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're watching from. So glad that you're here with us, whether you're watching the video or you're listening to the podcast. Just a quick heads up, I'm actually not live today. This is a pre-recorded session and it's a great one though. So don't tune away just because of that. We got people monitoring the chat and things like that. And if you're listening to podcasts, you're like, they're always pre-recorded, right? Anyway, I want to just let you guys know that things are going great here and we want to hear from you. We want to hear you. You can email us at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com on social media. You can just tag at TechSmith and let them know you're talking about the podcast or put the hashtag, The Visual Lounge, because we want to know what's going well. And I'd love to hear, for anyone's listening to this, we want to know what are some things that you want to learn about it? Who would you like to see on the show? I know I've got a couple of requests come in, but I'd love to know more, like, what are the topics that you want to hear about so that we can make sure as we're planning out into the future, we can fill those needs because we want to hear that we're here to serve and here to talk about the things that will make the biggest difference for for the people listening. So with that said, I want to jump into today's content because this is an interview that we did in 2019 at a conference called TLDC, Training, Learning, Development. C is for conference and they've got a whole other slew of things C can stand for. There's a community that you can go and join if you're into learning and development. But our guest today is was wonderful and fantastic. And I know I say that about a lot of our guests, but she was really just a delight to interview and to talk with. So we wanted to share that interview with with you all. So before we do that, she's going to introduce herself. But before, I, I'd like to take a chance just uh, to introduce her, and then we'll get into the interview in just a second. Katie Ryan founded a Positive Adventure, a learning and development consulting firm based in the Bay Area. APA has built world-class, award-winning training programs for companies like Instacart, MarineLayer, Bill.com, Gannett, Living Social, and others. She is a professionally trained and engaging public keynote speaker. She has spoken at industry conferences, including Startup Experts, Training Industry Conference, and Expo TLDC, Advanced Learning Institute Women in Digital National Conference, User Testing International Women's Month Event, ATD International Convention. She's contributed content to publications such as hashtag girlboss.com, TD, and has been quoted in Fast Company on effective team building practices and books such as Scaling for Success. Katie's passion is motivating founders, employees, and making learning stick by helping others reach their full potential through a positive and successful learning adventure. And it is with great pleasure we welcome Katie Ryan to the Visual Lounge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this interview with TechSmith Academy. We're here at TLDC. We're talking to learning professionals about learning. I have a very special guest. It's Katie Ryan. Katie, thank you for joining me today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Katie, for those who haven't had a chance to meet you or hear you speak, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So my name's Katie Ryan, and I am the founder and CEO of a company called A Positive Adventure based out of San Francisco. And I've been in learning and development for a little over 12 years now, and it is my passion and what I love. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 
So one of the things we've talked with about with uh, several of the people that we've been interviewing, and it's kind of common, is that people fall into the area of learning and development. It's either they, they kind of happen into it and it becomes their career, or they're doing a job and they are asked to do training, but they're not a trainer. Yeah. So when people are in that situation, what advice would you give them as they get started with making maybe their first training? Yeah. And is this that they actually want to be a trainer? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I think the first question is, do you actually want to go down this path of learning and development and training? Or are you just being asked to do this? Well, and- let's say if they're just being asked to do this, because yeah. I think that happens more and more in companies, you know, training uh, groups are shrinking, you know, it's the budgets so people are like, oh, it's a cost center. I'm not going to invest in that right now. Mm-hmm. What, what do you tell, how do they go about making a good training? Yeah. So I think it depends on who you ask, but good training goes always back to the audience that's receiving the training. And so what do they need? Why do they need it? And how can you motivate them when you're creating the content? For fresh newbies in L&D, I would recommend that they find somebody that is well-versed in L&D and shadow them, partner with them, Find a mentor of sorts. It doesn't even have to be a formal mentor, but somebody who's already been doing it and grab coffee with them, take them for coffee, ask them questions, um, and fill in what you don't understand with knowledge of others who have that. So from your experience, I'm, I'm, I know you've had a, a kind of a broad experience working with lots of different organizations. Are there skills or, uh, I guess, abilities that you would look for, like, Someone's getting started. They probably don't know what to even look for in a mentor. What advice would like? What would you tell someone to look for in someone in the learning development field as a mentor? So I think it goes back to if they want a career in learning and development. Let's right. let's say if they do, um, then I think it's worth in, investing time and energy into a mentor mentee partnership. Right. Um, I've. I've had so many mentors in my life, formal and informal, mostly informal. You know, it's just been people at previous companies who were higher up, who I've stayed in touch with, and they'll all give me advice on, you know what, you've been really working hard. Have you shared what you've been doing internally? And that's how I started figuring out I should share accomplishments and stuff like that. So I think mentorships can be formal and informal. Um, formal ones sometimes... Uh, like local organizations or networking groups Mm -hmm. will work with you on that and pair people up. Um, Some just organizations that you work for, if you work for a big enough company, a lot of times they will have formal mentor, mentee groups that you can sign up for. So I think it's just thinking about what do you ultimately want to do Who's already doing that? And if they work within your organization or if they're in a networking group that maybe you're a part of or maybe you're not a part of, maybe join it. Um, And then let's say all of those things go sideways and you don't have the ability to do either of those things. Go on LinkedIn and start looking up people, looking up titles and see what they do. Look at their LinkedIn, and then you can start seeing, okay, what certifications, what things have they done? If this is ultimately where I want to go, well, what have they done to get where they are? And then you can ask intelligent questions of them about their experience and how they've gotten there. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Go look to see who people are successful. Yeah. How did they get there? Like, what path did they take? I love that. Yeah. So let's move down this, this a little bit, right? So we got this person, they're having to make training, they, maybe they start doing their research, maybe finding a mentor. 
now rubber's hitting the road and they got to make something. Mm -hmm. What are some keys to making effective learning? Are, are there some general things that you'd say like effective learning looks like this? Mm. I sometimes don't follow the rules on this, so it I, might not be, I'm not always the most popular of opinions. That's I think, okay. I think sometimes people over-engineer learning, and they use a lot of buzzwords mm -hmm. because people are saying it, and they read it in an industry publication or whatever. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate it. That's it's, great. It's nice to make it complicated because then we're seen as valuable. You know, it's like right. all these words that nobody else knows. But really, it, it, a lot of it comes down to common sense. Um, there is something that you're trying to do. Uh, th there's a reason there is a training. What is the reason? What are you trying to accomplish? Is it a behavior change? Is it informational? Like, what are you looking to do? Outcomes, learning objectives, whatever you want to call them, learning goals. And so we're trying to change behavior, do something. Now we need to think of who is going to be there? What are they going to worry about? Um, are there things that we need to demystify for them in this process? Um, do we need to untrain them? Do we need to introduce a new concept? Like It's just understanding who's there and their level of knowledge when you start. What are you trying to accomplish? And then you can get creative about what you do and how you do it to make it happen. I am a firm believer in training should not be a four-letter word. Um, it's something that I operate on because I think the bar in training is very low. Um, I think people think of training and they're like, cool, free lunch, or I get to put my out of office on for the day, or okay, or they dread it. I have to do training. Oh God, training, you know? And I kind of like that the bar's so low because when you come in and you've put a lot of thought into what you're doing and you care about the people who are receiving it and making sure it's received the way that they need to receive it and motivational, and you can weave in concepts that they're learning with, without even realizing they're learning and they're having fun. And that's when the whole goal is making learning stick. You're trying right. to do something. So like, what is it? And so I think when you think about the goals, the outcome, the target audience, then you can get creative about how you make that happen. But you really have to understand what you're trying to accomplish and for whom. Yeah, I, I love that, that we don't have to overcomplicate this. I mean, there's obviously lots of stuff out there, lots of research things, models and frameworks, great, yeah. which are all really great. Yes. But at the end of the day, the question becomes, can they, have we changed or have, are they able to do whatever it is that needs to be done? Right. Fantastic. So let's, let's kind of keep going down this path. So they, you know, they got through the step, they've made something. At the end of the day, they, they want to make sure that that change or that impact has happened. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do you know? Like what, what suggestions would you give to someone for helping them to measure or to understand that they had the right impact? Ah, the million dollar training right? question. Right? Everyone wants to know. Ah, so hard. Well, it is because a lot of times in an organization, there are so many confounding variables. So it's hard to isolate. Like this training is the only thing that impacted this, you know? And as much as we would love to think that training is the end all be all anecdote for every problem, it's not. Right. Um, so I think the first thing is identifying is training what's actually needed. Because sometimes people are like, we need a training. And let's take an example of sales training. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we need to train the sales team to sell this solution. They need to sell it more. 
It's like, well, they've all been trained already on selling that solution. Let's talk about why they're not selling the solution. Is it because they don't know how? Is it because their comp plan doesn't align to make them want to sell that solution? No motivation. There's no motivation. Um, Is it because everything's designed that they sell something else? Um, And so first, I think it's making sure training is what's needed. Right. Um, And then next, it's going back to, there's a reason that we're having this conversation. Why? What does success look look like for you? And so when I go in and talk to clients, I'm always asking them that. Like, at the end of this, for you to say, this was worth it, what does that look like? And a lot of times, they don't even know. (laughs) They're like, we don't know. We just know we need to check this box. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. We need to have a deeper conversation here because otherwise we're setting up everyone for potential failure. And so I think it's then thinking about, once again, the audience. It's thinking about why we're meeting, like what are the things that they think they need? And then let's say we agree on learning goals. Okay. So high level learning goals, we're using words like understand and sort of like vague, can't really measure a level of understanding type goals. And it's like, okay, per module, How can we make sure that we can measure something? And it starts with baseline. So if we think about new hires, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're looking at ramp, okay, well, what is their current ramp time? How do we know that? What does exit interview data show? Are we looking at retention statistics because 30% of new hires voluntarily leave an organization in the first six months? So what is our baseline on that? And then after we roll out a new hire program, do we see a change in that number? Um, So I think it's looking at baseline data as much as possible. And sometimes you have to get creative about that. Um, Sometimes it's qualitative. Mm -hmm. And so it's like exit interview data, or is it being mentioned, or just looking for qualitative and quantitative data that you can baseline and then measure an uptick based on the learning. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, you've just given a whole course in such a short time on that. (laughs) That's awesome. Because I, I, I think this is a challenge, right, that we especially for people who are living and breathing the training organization, uh, getting those metrics and understanding them is, it seems to be a, a big challenge. And I think a lot of times we just want, the organization just wants whatever the fastest, easiest, like just, that's why we say, dude, just make a training, right? Because we want right. the fastest path to something in some intervention, right? whether it's actually the right intervention or not. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that can be a big waste of everyone's time. You know, they think that that's going to, we need a training. You know, they come to us, hair on fire. We got to get a training out the door. Right. And it's like, on what? You know, like, okay, we need a training. Why? 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 Like, it's our job as L&D professionals to layer in and do a thorough needs analysis on why. And then tell them if we disagree and why. You know, and so I think it really does always go back to the why are we doing this? And we're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. So how do we make sure that we can measure the uptick? Hey, it's Matt here. I just want to interject for a second. I hope you like what you're hearing from Katie Ryan so far. I think she is just brilliant. And we're so grateful that she was willing to take time at that event to talk with us. And I've, I've stayed in communication with her a few times. And uh, she's just really fantastic. And I love the, some of the things that she's saying here, right, that you know, the idea of training doesn't have to be a four-letter word. You've got these opportunities to really engage your audience. And I love her approach. And I'm curious, at this point, as you're, if you're in the chat or if you want to message us later, what are your thoughts so far? How can you make training not be a four-letter word? And what role do you think video and images might have in that for you? 
So if you've got some thoughts, make sure you, you connect with us. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to podcasts, you can do the same thing wherever you're listening, whether you're on Stitcher or Spotify or Apple or, or the myriad of platforms that are available. But just know that we're always just know that we're always listening and we'd love to be able to connect with you guys and hope that you continue to be able to get uh, great value out of the Visual Lounge. Before we'll, we'll wrap up here, we'll go through the rest of the interview, but just so you know, next week, that's right, next week, Lee Lefevre, the creator, co-founder of Common Craft, is going to be on the show. If you don't know Lee's work, go look up uh, Twitter in plain English. Go look up How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse from Common Craft. So many great videos have come from Lee and his partner Sochi that we want to feature Lee, and he's been a guest uh, on previous things that we've done at TechSmith. But he's always got more great things to say. So we will see you guys uh, coming up soon, but I'll be back right after the rest of this interview. So enjoy. Now, as someone who goes into a lot of businesses, I'm assuming that when you go into these organizations, you're not an expert on what they do. You don't know everything. Mm -hmm. um, how do you go about getting really good information from subject matter experts so that you can create whatever that effective uh, intervention might be? Yes. SMEs, we love them, right? Yes. So we are basically glorified interpreters as learning and development, right? So we've got to take all the information and we've got to get it out of their genius brains and, and share it with people who do not understand what they're talking about most of the time, right? And so what I see it is that we bring the L&D expertise and they bring their product, solution, technology, whatever it is, the business expertise. And so we need to figure out ways to braid those two things together to tell a story and to flow into a learning funnel. And so it comes from asking good questions. And so I find, so I, one of my clients is an engineering client and it's, um, it's a cybersecurity company. So it's full of engineers, okay? And so I have to do, we do like a uh, new hire training for them. And in order to create the new hire training, we are not experts in cybersecurity. We are experts in L&D and um, new hire training frameworks that work. And so going in, it was essentially having to interview the engineering team based on what we knew. We, so you meet before with the higher level groups internally and figure out what are the goals of the program. Then you create an agenda based mm -hmm. on what you think will be accomplished in that, knowing that every new hire, for example, does not need to know the level of engineering expertise as the solutions engineering team. They just need to know enough in the new hire week. So that's the goal. And so then when you're meeting with that SME, sometimes they can go off the rails, right? They are so deep in content and it's over everyone's head except theirs. And so it's reminding them the goal. So as you start talking to them, just like when we sit down to start talking for an interview, right? You're like, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. It's the same when you're interviewing a subject matter expert. It's setting expectations of this is for new hires. This is the audience. This is what I'm hoping to accomplish. You're probably going to go deep a little bit and I'm going to pull you back. So be prepared for that. And then you have questions assigned or already written out that you're going to ask them, hopefully that then they can uncover. You can get those little like nuggets of information yeah. that then you can use. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, I love that you're putting that forward that you, you know, you're going in and, but you're also, you're not just asking a bunch of questions, but you're also guiding them because they, they know what they know right. and they don't know what you need. Right. I had a, uh, an engineering subject matter expert, actually, who I requested to create a video 
um, on something. It was like a voiceover on the command line on a computer running through something. And he was scraping a website. And I wanted him to show how this worked. And it's a very complicated process. But I had told him so many times, the goal of this is this. The goal of this is this. And even when on the voiceover, you can hear him saying, but that's not the goal of the training. The goal of the training is this. And he was like reminding himself what we were trying to do and like bringing himself back on track, which is just really, nobody else would notice that. But it was, I noticed that that like putting the guardrails on was helpful. Well, in talking with you, I, I'm kind of thinking here, and, and I've had a lot of people I've talked to about this topic, but it feels like the role of someone who's doing training, working with a subject matter expert is focus focusing that the right content is going to hit at the right time and focus on the right goal. Mm -hmm. Does that seem, seem yes. accurate? Yes, I would say that you just nailed it. Perfect. We, I can see it on a slide now. We, we, <laughs> we, we, love, we love good summaries. Well, I want to change gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about uh, kind of just the general training. So I want to talk about images and video. Um, I, I want to share a research stat with you and just get your opinion and your thoughts on it. Um, okay. You mentioned video, so it's a good segue. Uh, so TechSmith actually commissioned some research this last year that found that 67% of employees perform better when communicated with visually compared to text alone. And not only do they absorb information better, but they do it 7% faster. Does that seem accurate to you? Does it seem right anecdotally from your kind of your experience? Yes. I mean, just look at society. You know, we're in a bullet point using emoji sending, Instagram scrolling, um, ever distracted society. We are an image society these days and people want to see it quickly. Think about BuzzFeed, you know, like yeah. BuzzFeed articles. People want it quick. They want to associate an image or a GIF with it and they want to move on. And so that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So thinking about your experience, what needs to be true about images or video to make them effective for learning? I mean, because we talk about like, let's take BuzzFeed, for example, right? Mm -hmm. their, their, their goal is either to quickly inform you or to entertain you, yeah. uh, which is slightly different than getting you to learn or to perform a task differently. Mm -hmm. So are there kind of rules of thumb that need to be in place for those things to be effective from, for a learning perspective? Yeah, I think it, it does go back to the, the goal. Like, what are yep. you trying to accomplish? And you don't just want to have, I mean, sometimes maybe you just want to put a funny image up there just to break the tense, tension in the audience yeah. or give them a brain break or something like that. But mostly, I think images you choose and videos you choose should apply to the overall message and the overall goal of the content. And if you're creating videos, it's, you do have to still focus on that attention span piece, you know, because nobody's going to want to sit down and watch an hour long video on how to do something. You need to break it up, break it up, give them resources they can use, look at job aids while they're watching the video, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it does always have to align with the overall goal that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you mentioned attention span. I know uh, we did some other research and I, we've just re renewed doing the research for, I think we did it in 2013, 2016. We, we just got stats back we haven't released yet. But one of the things that we saw is that relevance, the, the learner or the viewer's relevance was so important to viewing that if you felt like you're watching this video and it wasn't relevant to you, mm -hmm. You weren't going to watch the video. Didn't matter if it was 30 right. seconds or 15 minutes. The relevance was super critical. Yeah. It's, um, I always say like the, 
the training weapon of mass destruction is broadcasting and not narrowcasting. It's like talking to a room and not tailoring the message to the people in the room. The blinds go down. They're like, they just don't get me. This whole training is pointless because they just don't get me. And so you have to make sure it's relevant. It goes back to knowing the target audience of who you're speaking to um, and using their language, not yours, using their images, not yours. If you can weave in team images from their team as opposed to a stock photo of people high-fiving in suits, <laughs> it will resonate more. It makes it relevant. It's a simple switch. But when you can get access to imagery that's for a company, like whenever we're working with companies, I'm like, here's the framework, but I need images from you. So do you have a brand catalog? Can I have access to your Facebook? Like, let's weave in your people, your images, not ours. Now, if you don't have any, we'll figure it out. Right. But let's match it to you so it's more relevant to your world versus ours. Yeah, well, fantastic point. And uh, I mean, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, right? Going and asking for the company to provide that. Because, I mean, and I happened to notice one of your photos this morning from your presentation with the pug wrapped in the, the scarf, probably of something like Unsplash, right? Yep. So there's great stock photo stuff out there, but there's nothing more poignant than seeing yourself right. or seeing your name or having it be relative. I, was it, I, I don't know if it was you that said us that um, something about seeing their name in a training or seeing their name in some materials is so powerful. Right. It's like the old reason people used to write local newspapers or get people to subscribe to local newspapers. Well, you put their kid's name in the paper, right? Right. Because they want to see it. So Yeah, people care about that. I mean, social media is social, you know? And so if people are posting uh, pictures on LinkedIn or you're posting on Instagram or anything, people like to see and connect with people in a digital way these days. And I think that's also true for trainings. So if you're building e-learning or slides for a presentation, rather than use like a, a cartoon guy that comes in that's like, hello, <laughs> like, is there a way that you can make that feel more relevant to the individuals in the space? And I think that if you can, it will, it will hit better. That's awesome. Well, uh, wanna, uh, just one more question for you, but before we do, you have so many great thoughts. I'm sure people would love to connect with you or find out more about you and your company. Where can they find you? Sure. So I'm on Twitter, uh, Katie Ryan, K-A-T-I-R-Y-A-N. Um, you can also add me on LinkedIn. And then you can go to my company website, which is apositiveadventure.com. Um, you can see what we do, a little history of the company. Um, there's some videos on there. There's a blog. Um, so you're welcome to connect with us that way as well. Awesome. Uh, and a great name and a great story, which I'll, I'll save for another time. Or okay. you can, they can find out on your website. But I, I love the story behind why it's that your company's named that. So to kind of wrap things up here, uh, what would you rather be known for, making a fantastic omelet or effective training? Ooh. Hmm. I'm assuming that the people who I'm making an omelet for are not vegan. They can be whoever, whoever, whoever you want. Maybe you don't like them that I'm much. I'm like, I don't know. Like, if I'm making an omelet for people who don't eat eggs, like, then there's the whole thing. We'll assume that the people that you're making it for, if not just yourself, others, they, they will appreciate a fantastic omelet. Okay. Mm. I think it would probably be a fantastic training. I do make a good omelet, though. Um, but I think the reason is because there are a lot of places that you can get really good omelets. 
and a lot of people can make really good omelets. But I think when you have a company or a person who can come in and really make a difference in your business through a training program, you can impact more people than one omelet could, could impact. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for sitting down with us. And yeah. thank you guys for watching. Please check out the other interviews and check out the rest of TechSmith Academy, including our fantastic training courses. Wasn't that a great interview? I love the things that Katie had to say. I love her thoughts about making training social. Just she's got so much fantastic information. Go out and find her on LinkedIn. You can find her website, a Positive Adventure. Just Google Positive Adventure Katie Ryan. It will definitely come up. And she's got an awesome opportunity. You can book some time with her if you want to maybe potentially work with Katie. Well, that's it for today's show. We hope that you find it enjoyable. We hope that whatever you're doing, wherever you are in the world and wherever you are in your process of learning how to create better training, better instructional design, images, video, whatever it might be, that you spend a little time to level up every single day. And we'll see you next week with Lee Lefevre. <laughs>